0: listening to Brave Girls Club. I'm Lindsay. I'm Kelly. And I'm Krista. And, and this, this is, is a podcast. podcast. Welcome. This is a real podcast.
1: Yeah, we're doing real ass episode. Yep. Welcome.
0: Yeah, real one.
1: A real one and it's a little different. It's a we're little bit something different. We're doing a little different this time. It's a little bit different. It's October. It's spooky time.
0: And instead of... Doing three different stories, we work together on one big story for you, and let me tell you, it is a big story though. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna wanna say what it is or no? Wanna, wanna save surprise it. At, okay, save it. Okay, let's talk about uh, just stuff. First. Spooky movies. Yeah, you guys
1: been watching spooky movies out there. I know you have. It's October. I've been watching scary movies. Krista watched eight movies. I watched one every day of October
0: so far. That's goals. If you ever need any spooky uh, movie recommendations, you should go on our Instagram. Mm -hmm. Last year, around this time, each of us made a movie recommendation for every single day of October. So there's like a million movies, right? Didn't we do that? Uh, It was the 13th. Thirteen days of oh, following. it was thirteen. Okay, yeah. thirteen days. But there's three days for each of those thirteen days, and then we did another episode, a bonus episode, where we talked about horror movies we loved. Yep. And those have other movies, so yeah. there's thirty nine plus movie recommendations yeah. for you. We love spooky movies. Everything from the Little Vampire to <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two. Yes,
1: <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Two is the best. So what what have you watched, Krista? I watched It Follows. Okay. Yes. I love that one. I've been watching a lot of Blumhouse movies okay, just nice. because I was watching them with my little sister, and mm-hmm. she likes those ones. Mm-hmm. So we watched... Um, I watched Happy Death Day. Yeah, that, that one, was one was fun. fun. I like that one a lot. I haven't seen that. It's fun. It's, it's a
0: good like one. murder. For Murder. <laughs> <gasps> for Murder. For Murder. Murder. <laughs> murder.
1: <laughs> um, I watched... Creep Show. Yeah, we watched Creep we watched Show together creep show. the other night. Classic. And it was hella fun. We oh. We watched what up, what, House, House of, of the, the Devil. <gasps> She'd never seen it before. Oh, that's one of my faves. I really liked I it. I love House of the Devil. Oh, <laughs> was really cool. So good. Yeah. Um, I watched Terrifier this morning. And then I watched. What else did I watch? I forget. <laughs> I don't remember that anymore. Any other more ones. Bloom House? Oh, you watched. Um, Sinister 2? Sinister 2, that's right. Oh, I
0: haven't seen that. Me neither.
1: It, it was whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was whatever. Whatevs. I liked the first one better, but... it usually happens. I mean, what can you do? Did you watch The Gift? No, but it's on my list. That one's on Netflix. It's a weird one. Have Is you seen it? it? No, oh, I haven't. that one's kind of sad, right? Um... Uh, I don't know. I have to it's go weird. To like does the dog die.com before I watch it? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not sure about a dog in that one. I don't remember. I think I'm thinking of a different movie then. There is like
0: stalkery stuff in this one, so there might be a dead dog, but Aww, um that's sad. It's like a scary, it's like a thriller, but it has sort of like soap opera e aspects to it. It's very weird. Interesting. Yeah. Mm, that's the one opera. with Jason um, Bateman. Jason Bateman. And that lady that's in, I don't know, I like other Jason things. Bateman. That lady. I don't that know the lady. actress's name. What have you watched, Kel? Well, I watched Creepshow the other night, uh, which I had never seen before. Neither it. of you
1: have ever seen it? Yeah. you get the little thing
0: that I said? Yeah, they're making it, Shudder's making it into a show. Cool. Mm-hmm. That'll be cool. Um... Did I already say, did I say in the last episode that I watched Cube? Because I loved Cube. No. <laughs> I, thought, I think that you were thinking about watching it, or did you watch it? I don't know, but I, I watched remember, it and I loved it. But I remember it. you talking about it. Aren't there, like, a couple different Cubes? Oh, yeah, there's a few, but we watched Cube 1. Hmm. I'm down for Cube 2. Cube 3. Also down for Cube 3. <laughs> <laughs> what is down Cube? for all the Cubes. What is it about? Yeah, what's it about? It's like, um... A bunch of strangers wake up in a cube, and it's like a Rubik's Cube almost, with like little cube-shaped rooms throughout it, Mm -hmm. and you move from room to room, and there's like different death traps, and it's like, uh, they're trying to get out of the cube, and they don't know how they got there, they just woke up there, and everybody has like a different skill, and they have to work together. Cool! You saw a movie like that recently. I did, I watched Saw for the first time. I had never seen it before. What'd you think? (laughs) I really liked it. I, you know, it was fun and I had never seen it before and I didn't, like, I thought it was something completely different than what it was. So that's cool. Cause I never wanted to watch it because I thought that it just took place like in that room the whole time. Like, I thought it was just, like, people, like, sawn off their arms and legs and having to do, like, (laughs) pull out their their own teeth and shit. Like, I didn't know, like, there was, like, an actual, like, story with, like, you know, cops and investigators and stuff. Mm -hmm. It was very, um... It gave me like seven vibes, like I feel like a good, that would be like a good du- double feature. And also if you want to do a triple feature, I feel like 13 Ghosts would be a good I one to throw in there. I love 13 Ghosts. Because it, it has like that early 2000s like music and stuff and like the super like um, fast forward like mm-hmm. s- stuff and and it's like green like the like... Matrix green, you know how the Matrix is green, mm-hmm. like it has that like gritty green. Yeah, and um, it looks like kind of like a corn video, music yep. video, sometimes <laughs> very filtered. Yes. Yep. I feel like thirteen ghosts would also go well with Cube. Okay, so a a four feature movie day. <laughs> yeah. Throw Cube in there. You got yourself a full on um, early two thousands day. Cube is actually ninety-seven.
1: So oh. it's a little older.
0: Late nineties, early two thousand yeah. day. Nice. Cool. I also watched a really very weird movie on Shudder because Kelly hooked it up with the Shudder account. Whoop, whoop. Um everyone go bug her for it. No, I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> I'm canceling it after this one. <laughs> um I think Kyle and I might get it yeah. then because we've been loving it. Michael bought a whole year, so I'm just gonna hop on his. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah I think Kyle and I should just get it because it's honest, honestly worth it for us because we're on it like almost every single day. It's five dollars a month. Um, yeah, it's like everybody gets shutter. Fucking worth it. Um, we watched this real. If you're into like behind the scenes stuff, we watched this really awesome Shutter uh, show called The Core. Ooh. Yeah, and it's they just have like people on from different horror movies and they talk about special effects and like how they did this and how they shot that. Krista, you'd really like it because there's a lot of like specific like film stuff and like different horror filmmakers come on and talk about their influences with like and it's like funny and cool and the host is like this cute horror boy that likes <laughs> horror stuff and it's, it's cute. It's really cute and fun and informative. And they always have, like, cool people on, and it's bloody and funny and cool. And, um, Kyle and I watched this really weird-ass old movie. I think it's, like, from the 70s, like, late 70s, mm-hmm. called Tourist Trap. Ooh. And it's, like, classic, like, group of teens go on a road trip and their car breaks down and some... You know, creepy old man, and I feel stuff. like the, I watched
1: the, Cabin in the Woods. That's another one. Though. Oh, okay, the, the, cool. the original or the remake? The remake. Oh, uh,
0: I don't. I never saw the remake. I like it. I like. Does it like have f- the remake? The Waffle Kid in it? The what? Okay, the never mind. What? You gotta watch the original. Okay. The what? Uh, <laughs> what was I gonna say? Taurus trap. I, was I think they were that. talking about that on last podcast, or one of the last podcast oh, guys watched it. I forget. It's really good. Um, there's like, if you're afraid of mannequins, I don't know if that's a uh, mm-hmm. fear. I'm sure it, it is. is. It's auto, autotomophobia Well, don't watch that if you got that, because there's a lot of mannequins, and it's really like it's just a weird ass like concept. Like I've never seen like a horror movie like that before. Like it was, it was like supernatural, but then like not really like you're like is there like something like inhabiting these mannequins but like they're just like out in the woods like it's very strange but it was really good and funny and cheesy and fun um and um non-horror related Mm -hmm. I did watch the Mr. Rogers (laughs) (laughs) documentary I can't watch it yet yeah, you got, yeah, wait. I just, um, Kyle and I went to Video Depot and rented movies, and I saw it, and I was like, I really wanted to see this, so we rented it. And I was like, fuck, now I have to watch it, even though it's October and I should be watching a horror movie, but I'm gonna watch it. And I literally ugly cried into like a freaking pillow, like, ugly cried. Oh. And not because it was sad, like, that's just how fucking warmed my heart was. Yeah, I can't watch it. I don't want to cry.
1: I it was cry. so
0: fucking uplifting. Even thinking about it right now makes me want to cry. Like, it was so good. I saved, like, one of the quotes, like, to possibly say at the wedding. Because it was, it was, like, just the sweetest thing ever. And he was just, like, a sweet man.
1: Rip dang mr rogers rules mm-hmm. i was thinking about watching that one because i was real interested in being like a nicer person last week but i think i changed my mind to <laughs> you should watch it it might change you krista that's what i'm afraid of <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was really good kyle and i both were we just like looked at each other and we both are just tears going down like, and then you put on Saw. Literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we put on yeah. Saw after
1: that. We watched that and then we watch Saw afterwards. Which also kind of has a good message, I think. Yeah. Right? Sure. Saw yourself. Yep. Right. Like it's really weird and like twisted in a way, but it like I mean, I I was just
0: really surprised how they i'm um, like set up the ending to be like Like, they knew that there was going to be sequels, but I'm like, how did they know that there was going to be sequels? Like, probably because it cost, like, $10 to make. Yeah. So. But it was just, I don't know, the ending. I liked it all, but I hated the ending. I don't really remember that movie. I watched it so long ago. But it was funny just imagining people in the theater in 2004 being like, oh, fuck. (laughs) This movie's fucking crazy. Crazy. 2004, huh? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Another one I watched on Shutter is called Revenge. Kyle and I were going to watch that, but yeah. then I didn't because I um, I meant to see if it was rapey because I wasn't sure. It's a it little is. rapey. Okay. A little rapey. I probably won't watch that's it then. like part of the thing. The story. Yeah. That's yeah, what I the figured. revenge is for. Yeah. yeah. That's why I was like, oh, I'm going to check to see if, is it like graphic or? Hmm.
1: Is Revenge a remake of a different one, or um, it's it, not that I know of? So,
0: well, obviously there's like lots of movies with the
1: same, like because I know yeah, there's concept. one movie that's sort of like that that was remade like American an American version, but the like original version is the really Swedish, graphic. Yeah, mm-hmm. the um the Left Eye one, the
0: one they call Left Eye. Mm, I don't know. She has an eye patch and a big gun. It's a Swedish movie. I can't imagine this being a remake because it would be bizarre. A lot of it takes place out in the desert and it's really like intense. There's an old Swedish movie called, I think it's called The One They Call Left Eye or something and it's about like this girl that gets kidnapped and drugged and raped and stuff and she escapes her, you know, all these horrible men that did all these horrible things to her, and then she, like, fucking gets revenge on them. <laughs> so. But it's really fucking graphic. And really, I watched it when I was way too fucking young on the internet, being like, oh, this movie's so cool. Yikes. Like, when I was, like, a teenager. Probably shouldn't have been watching that, but. That sounds graphic. Yeah. it It, it is slash was. Revenge isn't that graphic. But okay. there is graphic... Gore and violence. Well, I like that. Yeah. I just don't like graphic rape scenes. hmm Like, have you ever seen Irreversible? Mm-mm. Don't. I won't. Uh-uh. No, thank you. Sucks because I really like, I really liked the movie, um, Last House on the Left, but that has, like, the famous rape scene in it, but I would watch it, but I would just fast forward to the mm-hmm. part where the parents, like... Get Revenge, because I like that that part, but oh. other than that. I've never seen that one. Oh. I know, it's a classic. It is. I'm a bobo. I haven't seen a lot of things. <laughs> that's okay. I haven't either. It's alright. I think that's all I've watched so far. Shudder also has a lot of uh, short films that are fun.
1: Oh, I haven't watched I had... any. Also, they have Channel Zero. Yeah, they have I, the first two seasons of Channel Zero. I started to watch it, and then my um, 15 minutes later, my account ended, because oh. I had canceled it. Oh no! <laughs> okay. And I was like, oh, this is the last day, I'm going to sh- just watch this whole season really quick. And then 15 minutes in, it was over. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> I watched all of season two of Big Mouth the day that it came out. <laughs> the night that it came out. I stayed up till like 3 in the morning watching it. I put it on last night, and then I fell asleep. It's probably, like, my favorite animated show ever, like, right under The Simpsons. Man, Bojack Horseman, though. I haven't watched that. I need to, but I haven't. Bojack is so, so good. But I loved, I really loved Big Mouth. It's just, it just makes my heart happy. It's just one of those, like, it's like Bob's Burgers, like, where you just put it on and you're, like, just happy. That's how it makes me feel. Flavsburgers is a super good, too. But I also have huge fucking crushes on John Mulaney and Nick Kroll. Mostly (laughs) Nick Kroll. So, like, you know.
1: You like that big mouth? I I watch it
0: to support my boys, you know. What that mouth do. What that mouth do, though. You know, did I ever tell you guys? Do you remember a long time ago on an episode of this, I covered a guy, his last name was Greekar, and he was like, uh district attorney or assistant district attorney and he wound up dead under suspicious circumstances and one of the things about his death was that his laptop was thrown into a river
1: and they they tried
0: to recover um the info on it and they outsourced it to a tech company called kroll industries and that is why nick kroll is a billionaire because his dad started kroll industries oh shit i had no idea nick kroll is a billionaire I did
1: not know Holy that. Holy shit. I didn't know that either. Yeah.
0: His family owns like a really fancy tech company. Maybe he is that a little weirdly... bit attractive.
1: You're right, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: I liked him even when I didn't know he was a billionaire. So that's real love. <laughs> I just think he's really cute and funny and I'm sad that him and Amy Poehler aren't together anymore. Mm. I didn't even know they were together. Yeah, I don't know anything about celebrities. No. Well, let me tell you. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. They were they were dating for a while, and then I don't know they broke up, and I was like, they were such a cute couple. Bummer. Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> hmm. Sorry, Amy. Nick hmm. <laughs> curl is cute. So is Amy Poehler. I like publicity. Plub- I love the Kroll show. Me too. Everyone everyone that I was friends with when the Kroll show like came out, like fucking made fun of it and thought it was stupid and I always thought it was funny and good and I always liked it even though everyone I was hanging out with at the time like hated it and made fun of it. So Kroll Nick Kroll's always been my boy, man. I just think it's funny. I like skit comedy. I like mm-hmm. stuff that's bad. I just do. <laughs> no, yeah. Like the th- show bad ruled. and bad and stupid. Like I just like stupid stuff. Like, people are like, Big Mouth is so stupid. Like, it's so fucking dumb. It's like, oh, you like Family Guy in South Park? You know what? Sometimes I
1: th- do think Family Guy's fucking funny, all right? <laughs> it's nice to be able to just shut your brain off for a little while exactly. and watch something dumb. Exactly. It's like, I, oh,
0: I went to a group interview at Barnes & Noble for no reason, just to fucking go. (laughs) You weren't even invited? I was trying to make friends. (laughs) No, I applied, and then, like, three months later, they were like, come to this group interview, and I was like, I already got a job, but okay. I still don't know why I went. (laughs) I'm such a fucking weirdo. Like, I went knowing that if I got job offered, I would say no. Like, I went knowing that, but I still went anyway. Just to see? Just to see. And it was a group interview of, like, 17 or 18 other people. Wow. And it Are you was kidding. That's huge. It was the sweetest, most fun interview I have ever been to or ever had <laughs> in my life. I left feeling changed. Like I'm not even lying. <laughs> Did you accidentally go to group therapy? Yeah, I think you went to <laughs> that's group therapy. That's what it felt like. Like that is what it felt like. It was a bunch of different people, a bunch of different ages. And backgrounds and we all are like into like you know movies and books and just like stuff and we just like talked about all the stuff we like like that was the whole interview and it, it was just it was really just so fucking sweet <laughs> Like, I left, when I left, I was like, can I get, like, all of your guys' numbers? Like, can we, like, hang out? Because it was just... It's a big group of 18 friends (laughs)
1: hanging out. Yeah,
0: like, of the weirdest fucking people ever. I forgot what we were talking about. Oh, because... Family guy. Yes, because (laughs) when we, when we, um, when we had to, like, introduce ourselves, we had to say, like, our name, where we're from, and they were like, and say, your favorite TV show. And so we were going around and, like, saying, you know, or, and what we do on our free time. That was another mm-hmm. thing. Um, and so we're, like, going around, everyone saying, and this guy was like, I know it's kind of embarrassing, but I think my favorite TV show is South Park. And then the guy next to him was like, you know what? I said that my favorite show was Twin Peaks, but I said that just to be cool. But I really watch Family Guy and South Park, like, every night. Like, those are probably actually my favorite TV shows. (laughs) And then, like, we all started talking about, like, how guilty pleasures, like, shouldn't be guilty pleasures, and that if you like something, you should just, like, be proud of liking it. And it was, like, really, like, fucking sweet. And then we had to go, oh, you guys would be so proud of me. (laughs) I was thinking about you. Um... We went, we had to like go out on the sales floor and like pick a book and then like sell the book to everyone in the room, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I went out and I went straight to True Crime because I was like, these are like the only books I've like read like semi recently. And so I was, um, so I was looking through all the books and I was like, I think I'm gonna do, um, stranger beside me even though i didn't get through it (laughs) because it scared me so bad um and i totally fucking plugged our podcast like (laughs) (laughs) oh they got to me I stood up I didn't even talk about the book I was like I have a true crime podcast called brave girls club and we talk about true crime and like I just totally forgot about the book and started talking about like it's with my two best friends Krista and Kelly and it's a lot of fun if you guys are into podcasts you should definitely i sold our fucking podcast <laughs> instead of selling the book like it was really like and then after I sat it sat down I was like fuck what's wrong I didn't say anything about the
1: book you like threw the book in the trash
0: yeah I was like anyways you guys into podcasts but it was really cool because after you know the interview was over a bunch of people like like we made like a little like group within the group and they were all like interested in like the podcast and like asking me questions and some of them like was like, "Oh, how like some of the older people were like, how do what is how do I su- find it on my phone?" And I like showed them how to find it on the phone, and I like subs- I hit subscribe on all their phones. So.
1: <laughs> cool. Yeah, nice.
0: So, if you were at that Barnes & Noble interview <laughs> and you're listening to this, you're special and I love you. Yeah, and hit us up. Let's yeah, hang out. Yeah, hit us up. Let's hang out because every single person at that, that interview was fucking cool.
1: Awesome. That's nice. That never happens. Yeah, no.
0: It was like the most wholesome time I've ever
1: had in my That's life. That's a huge interview, too. That's yeah. For a lot of people. I've never been in a, in a group interview where everyone else wasn't a huge asshole.
0: Everyone was super cool and nice and, like, normal and just, like, looking for a job, you know? and I didn't and it's crazy because I felt like I was like meant to be there because I didn't even have to be there but something told me to just like go anyways and I had like the best time <laughs> that sounds like fun that that's let's Jesus. apply for some jobs today. that's Jesus telling me something I already got two <laughs> I don't need another one I know and then I got a second interview and I was like oh I can't take it sorry
1: guys <laughs> Oh like, boy. I only want to go if my 17 friends are going to be there Are too. hired as well. <laughs> oh, sorry. One more thing. Everyone's
0: probably bored with this. But one more thing. Um, so the reason why it was like so sweet and cool is because I don't know if this is like a normal group interview thing, mm-hmm. but we had to go around and they like paired us up. Like they put us in pairs. We had to tell like, the interviewers, like, why they should hire the person that you're partnered up with. Oh, yeah, I've done that before at Lush. Oh, okay, and it was so fucking sweet, like, everyone was just being, like, so nice and being like, oh, you should hire this person because, you know, they're, they're really friendly and I really enjoyed talking to them and they're, you know, like, super into books and, you know, blah 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 blah, and it was it, like everyone just said really super sweet stuff about everyone, and it was just really nice. It's like a little Mister Rogers day. It was. It really was. I got paired up with this girl named Atticus, and she was a Cal student. She's like nineteen years old, and she looked like Peter Pan, uh, oh. but like dressed as like a safari Peter Pan. She okay. was wearing <laughs> a lot of like cargo, uh huh, like khaki. Um, but she had, like, a cute little, like, pixie, like, red hair cut going on, and she had, like, cute little freckles. She was, like, real mousy and sweet, and she was a, um, an animator, going to school to be, like, an animator at, uh, CalArts, and so we talked about that, and she said, like, the nicest stuff about me, and I was like, I'm gonna fucking cry, like, (laughs) what is happening? So, you should hit her up. You should find her on Facebook. I followed her on Instagram. Oh, yeah, she had like an art Instagram, and I followed her. So that's neat. Yeah, it was a really fun day. I'm done now. Sorry. <laughs> All right, let's bring this way down. This
1: is too cheerful for me. I Can know. We, let's get. Started. I know this is a fucking horror podcast. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This you, you shouldn't
0: a, be feeling good right now. You should. We're be about feeling to bad. ruin that. Time right to feel now. bad. Should we say? I could just hop right into it. Yeah you're just gonna hop right we're not gonna say what it is you're just gonna start telling the story well they'll know immediately (laughs) okay okay y'all ready for this (laughs) i do it (laughs) like her now (laughs) i do it like you now i do it the wrong way that's how the song goes all right you guys ready one two three it's a story what, what are you... i was trying to make a new song for us oh should we say something when it's like story time uh time to start the story okay <laughs> sorry everybody john wayne Gacy jr was, <laughs> was born in chicago illinois on march 17th 1942 the only son and second of three children born to John Stanley Gacy, an auto repair machinist and World War I veteran, and his wife Marion Elaine Robinson, a stay-at-home wife and mother. As a child, Gacy was overweight and not athletic. Just like me. (laughs) Just like me. He was close to his two sisters and mother, but endured a difficult relationship with his father, an alcoholic who was physically abusive to his wife and children. Just like... (laughs) No, just kidding. (laughs) Throughout his childhood, Gacy strove to make his stern father proud of him, but seldom received his approval. The friction was constant throughout his childhood and adolescence. One of Gacy's earliest childhood memories was of his father beating him with a leather belt at the age of four for accidentally disarranging car engine components that his father had assembled. On another occasion, his how father how do you do that
1: at age four? I don't know. He's I'd probably just playing with it. I
0: don't, I don't know. I don't think he took apart an engine. I think his dad just like arranged them. Oh, I don't know. That makes sense. Or maybe he was a genius. I don't know. On another occasion, his father struck him across the head with a broomstick, rendering him unconscious. His father regularly belittled him and often compared him unfavorably with his sisters, disdainfully accusing him of being dumb and stupid. When dumb
1: he... and stupid, that's like a extra bad, just like me. me. <laughs>
0: When he was six years old, Gacy stole a toy truck from a neighborhood store. His mother made him walk back to the store, return the toy, and apologize to the owners. His mother told his father, who beat Gacy with a belt as punishment. After this incident, Gacy's mother attempted to shield her son from his father's verbal and physical abuse. Yet this only succeeded in in Gacy earning accusations that he was a sissy and a mama's boy who would probably grow up queer. That's in quotes. I didn't just word it that way. Just like. (laughs) Just like me. Just
1: like me. Fuck. I'm
0: relating too hard to this. And then I wrote, he was a very cool and nice dad. In 1949, Gacy's father. Wait, 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 wait. What? He was a very cool and nice dad. Gacy? Gacy's dad. Oh, Gacy's dad. I thought, but Mm -hmm. I thought he beat him. Yeah, I'm joking. Oh, okay, sorry. (laughs) right over my fucking head. I was like, whoa, Kelly. It's like he dreamed that in 1949, Gacy's father was informed that his son and another boy had been sex- caught sexually fondling a young girl. Gacy's father whipped him with a razor strop as punishment. A what? I looked up what this is. It's it looks almost like a like a paddle made out of leather that you use to like straighten and
1: polish razors. Oh, it looks perfect for so beating you, like, a kid do with. A razor with like
0: mm. that. Yeah, perfect for beating a kid with, eh? I mean, it's like a handle with like leather. Yeah, it looks like something made for hitting your kid with. That's sad. Just <laughs> saying.
1: Okay.
0: Were you guys? Did you guys? Did you guys get spanked when you were little?
1: No. Well, no. a little bit.
0: A little bit. I was always threatened, but it never happened to me. Always Owen and Lauren, <laughs> but never me. <laughs> Owen wasn't he bad Owen was very bad when he was little so he got he got beat often ooh, with a belt too yeah but not like actually I don't think my dad actually like like put in all his force I think it just mostly like scared him like I'm gonna hit you but never
1: god I'm making my dad sound real bad (laughs) my dad's a good guy okay my dad's a
0: good guy a very cool and nice dad yeah (laughs) very cool and nice dad Uh, let's get back to the misery. Okay. The same year, Gacy himself was molested by a family friend, a contractor, who would take Gacy for rides in his truck, then fondle him. Hmm. Gacy never told his father about these incidents, afraid his father would blame him. Because of a heart condition, Gacy was ordered to avoid all sports at school. An average student with few friends, he was an occasional target for bullying by neighborhood children and classmates. He was known to assist the school truancy officer and volunteer to run errands for teachers and neighbors. Why does he sound, like, really sweet <laughs> and, like... He's probably a nice enough I kid. Know. Except that he was abused and yeah. went bananas. Yeah. Don't abuse your kids. They're, they're gonna do a murder. <laughs> During maybe <the> four- more. <laughs> During the fourth yeah, grade, Gacy began to experience blackouts... His father suspected the episodes were an effort to gain sympathy and attention oh and God. openly accused his son of faking the condition as the boy lay in a hospital bed. Wow. <laughs> it was later found that the blackouts shit. were caused by a blood clot in his brain that formed as a result of a head injury he sustained as a child. A swing hit him in the dang head.
1: It's Classic always, sting. It's always something or like the broom.
0: <laughs> Maybe that too. Yeah. I didn't write it down because it wasn't in the article that I was going off of, but people say that John Wayne Gacy had a bag full of his mom's underwear in his closet. Like he was like a little panty thief. Hmm. Like he'd steal his mom's and sister's underwear and keep them.
1: That underwear thing uh, follows him through his life. And I'll talk about that later. A little
0: panty boy. A little panty boy. Mm-hmm. I'm a panty boy. Just like me <laughs> <laughs> one of casey's friends at high school recalled several. i'm just gonna say it right now it's gonna be a recurring thing throughout the episode guys
1: <laughs> if you just you like don't me. like it
0: that's too dang bad one of casey's friends at high school recalled several instances in which casey senior ridiculed or beat his son without provocation On one such occasion in 1957, the friend witnessed a fight in which Gacy's father began shouting at his son for no reason, then began hitting him. The friend recalled that Gacy simply put his hands up to defend himself, but he never struck his father back during these physical altercations. Mm. In 1962, after a prolonged dispute between Gacy and his father over a car, Gacy left the family home and drove to Las Vegas, Nevada, where he found work as a mortuary attendant. Can Lucy, um, edit Viva Las Vegas over just that part? (laughs) Or we could just sing it. Viva Viva Las Vegas! Vegas.
1: Krista? What?
0: She opted out of that. I don't know that song. (laughs) That's the only part I know. (laughs) Me too. Viva, Viva Las Vegas! Vegas. You've never seen one commercial in your goddamn life? No.
1: (laughs) I don't have time for television. Well, That's a lie. You've watched eight movies just in this one week. <laughs> yeah, those are movies. I haven't seen an actual... Actually, I've been watching Manifest on NBC lately.
0: Oh, I, watch I, I watched the, like, the first 20 minutes of that. Because for some reason they posted it on the Veronica Mars Facebook page. Like, the I don't know. It looked interesting, but also kind of bad.
1: Hmm. I like it. It's pretty fun. It's just like they got me in that commercial like the plane what happened what like happened on a plane? i don't to find i don't out. know what you guys are talking about so i really don't watch tv <laughs> it's, it's, a a show. Show <laughs> it's a show about it's <laughs> a show a family who gets split up on a plane back from vacation and the plane arrives at the airport and they find out that they've been gone for like five years but it Ooh, was just like a regular plane ride for them interesting so the family took like different planes and everybody
0: assumed that they were like dead Mm-hmm. And then the it, plane just like pulls up, and there's like a little boy and like his twin sister's all older. Oh
1: yeah, it's called Manifest, and everybody on the plane is the exact same age as they were when it took off.
0: Yeah, <gasps> yeah, because they weren't up there for years. It was just a normal Weird. plane ride.
1: What if that actually happened in real life?
0: Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Let's go to Jamaica. I would love to. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Viva Las and Mortuary okay. Attendant. Okay, okay. cool. <laughs> there you go. Very nice. Continuing. In his role as a mortuary attendant, Gacy slept in a cot behind the embalming room. In this role, he observed morticians embalming dead bodies and later confessed that on one evening while working there alone, he clamoured into the coffin of a dead teenaged boy, embracing and caressing the body before oh. experiencing a profound sense of shock. Oh. What did you say earlier? That's haunty. What? Do, I didn't say that. that. <laughs> just like me. Yeah, just like No, 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 no. <laughs> not
1: on That's that one. Kelly,
0: no. Kelly, no, not on that one. <laughs> the this event prompted Gacy to call you his can't, mother. Sorry, you can't say it like that. Just like me. me. <laughs> you have to get this deep like you have to get it like right here.
1: Me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Christy, like,
0: the shape of your mouth when you say <laughs> <laughs> it
1: Say it again. I can't. Let's do it. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh my god. Just like... I want to find mm-hmm. out about Gacy.
0: Yeah. Alright. So after he hugged the dead boy, he got real freaked out and he called his mom and was like, Can I come home? Would dad let me come home? And she was like, yeah. And so he went home uh, that very same day, because I guess that dead body really freaked him out that he was hugging. Upon his return, despite the fact that he had failed to graduate from high school, Gacy successfully enrolled in Northwestern Business College. I guess they didn't check, Okay. I don't know. (laughs) And then he graduated from that in 1963. Gacy subsequently took a management trainee position within the Nunn Bush Shoe Company. What? (laughs) Isn't Nunn Bush? (laughs) (laughs) I just got that. I should be kidding that first. That's a real thing. In 1964, Gacy transferred to Springfield to work as a salesman. He was a natural salesman and was soon promoted to manager of this department. In March of that year, he became engaged to Marilyn Myers, a co-worker in the department he managed. After a nine-month courtship, the couple married in September 1964. Marilyn's father purchased three Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurants in Waterloo, Iowa. And Gacy and his wife began making plans to move to Waterloo so he could manage the restaurants. Waterloo! Lucy put that song in there too. Yeah, put that song. Let's just get yeah to (laughs) copyright. I think think we can play like five seconds of something. Yeah, yeah. Without getting sued. So during his courtship with Marilyn, Gacy joined the local JCS and became a tireless worker for the organization, being named key man for the organization in April 1964. That same year, Gacy had his second homosexual experience. According to Gacy, he acquiesced to this incident after one of his colleagues in the Springfield, Springfield JCs plied him with drinks and invited him to spend the evening upon his sofa. The colleague then performed.
1: Upon. His... Would you like to come over? And spend time upon my sofa. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do
0: it. That's how you get a boyfriend. Uh, But in this case, the colleague then performed oral sex upon him while he was drunk. (laughs) On the sofa, I'm guessing. Upon. Upon the sofa. By 1965, Gacy had risen to the position of vice president of the Springfield JCs. The same year, he was named the third most outstanding JC within the state of Illinois. So he's doing pretty good. After being a creep his whole life... In 1966 the Gacy's moved to Waterloo, Iowa and John began to manage the 3 KFC restaurants that his father-in-law had purchased. The offer was lucrative. Gacy received $15,000 per, f- per year, the equivalent to $115,000 as of like now. Wow. That's so he's a lot. making good-ass money and he also got a share of the earned uh, profits from the restaurants. In Waterloo, Gacy joined the local chapter of the JCs, regularly offering extended hours to the organization in addition to the 12 to 14 hour days he was managing three restaurants. Although considered ambitious and somewhat of a braggart by his colleagues in the JCs, he was highly regarded as a worker on several fundraising projects. In 1967, he was named Outstanding Vice President of the Waterloo JCs. At J.C. meetings, Gacy would often provide free fried chicken to his colleagues and made everybody call him Colonel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wanted to tell you guys, I wanted to tell you guys, um, because I I told you, like, when we said that we were going to do Gacy, Mm -hmm. that I didn't really know a lot about Mm -hmm. it, and then doing my research, I have tried to avoid, like, your parts of the stories, Uh huh. so, like, I don't know a lot. Like, I know, like, I just don't know, like, the details. But, mm-hmm. like, I know, but, like, not the details. So a lot of it, I'm, like, it's, like, me hearing it for, like, the first time. You know, it's a cool dude when he makes you call him the colonel. Mm-hmm. And he feeds you fried chicken every day. That's a,
1: that's a cool guy move. Cool and nice, you might say. Cool and nice. Just like his dad. No. <laughs> Gacy's wife would have two
0: babies, a son named Michael, born in February of 1966, followed by a daughter named Christine in March of 1967. Gacy himself later described this period of his life as perfect, adding that he finally earned the long-sought approval of his father. On one occasion in July 1966, Gacy's parents paid a visit to Iowa during which Gacy Sr. apologized privately to his son oh. for the physical and mental abuse he had inflicted on him throughout his childhood, before proudly informing him, Son, I was wrong about you. Oh boy. Mm. However, there was a seedier side of the JC life in Waterloo one that involved wife-swapping, <gasps> sex work, what? pornography, and drug use. <gasps> Casey was deeply involved in many of these activities and regularly cheated on his wife with local sex workers. What do I... Sounds just <laughs> like the swinging 60s, I mean. Just like...
1: Me. me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he is also known to have opened a club in his basement where he allowed his employees to drink alcohol and play pool. Honestly... That's fucking tight. Yeah, that sounds like fun. <laughs> but don't go to John Wayne Gacy's basement. Just do me a but favor. But they didn't know yet. That's true. They did not know. Although Gacy employed teenagers of both sexes at his restaurants, he socialized only with the young male employees. Many were given alcohol before Gacy made sexual advances toward them, which, if rebuffed, he would claim they were jokes or attest to morals. Hmm, sounds familiar. hmm. <laughs> Like, uh, oh, you don't want to blow me? You passed the test, buddy. Oh my god. Good job, little boy. Okay. In August of 1967, Gacy committed his first known sexual assault on a teenage boy. The victim was a 15 year old named Donald Voorhees, the son of a fellow JC. Gacy lured Voorhees to his house with the promise of showing him a porno. Gacy plied Voorhees with alcohol, and persuaded the youth to perform oral sex upon him. Over the following months, several other youths were sexually abused in similar manners, uh, including one whom Gacy encouraged to have sex with his own wife before blackmailing the youth into performing oral sex upon him. What? What? The wife was, like, chill? I think it was, like, I don't, I don't super understand that part. Did she, like...
1: So, did she know what was, like, going on with him? It sounds like he tried to, like, convince him to say yes, and then once he did, he, like, blackmailed him about it.
0: Maybe. Or maybe? I don't think
1: his wife knew. Yeah. So, he didn't have sex with his wife.
0: I'm not sure. It's... It sounds hinky. It's a mm. little confusing. Oh, okay. Uh, Gacy also tricked several teenagers into believing he was... <laughs> commissioned with conducting homosexual experiments in the interests of scientific research, Mm. for which each were paid up to $50.
1: Which, back then,
0: then it was like $500. Yeah, that's a lot of money. So, that's really sad, but also kind of hilarious. It's for science. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Come on! It's for science! I don't know if they believed him, but they were getting paid blow me upon my couch for science upon <laughs> <A> <laughs> just like me just like me in march 1968 vorhees reported to his father that gacy had sexually assaulted him Voorhees' senior immediately informed the police and gacy was arrested and subsequently charged with oral sodomy in relation to vorhees and the attempted assault of a 16 year old named edward lynch Gacy vehemently denied the charges and demanded to take a polygraph test. This request was granted, although the results indicated Gacy was nervous when he denied any wrongdoing in relation to either Voorhees or Lynch. Which, I don't know if that's a fail. Mm -hmm. It didn't say that he failed it. I don't know. He did fail. Yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Gacy publicly denied any wrongdoing... Uh, and insisted the charges against him were politically motivated because Voorhees Senior had opposed Gacy's nomination for appointment as president of the Iowa JCS. Several fellow JCS and Gacy found Gacy's story credible and rallied to support him. However, May 10, 1968, Gacy was indicted on the sodomy charge. On August 30th, 1968, Gacy persuaded one of his employees, an 18-year-old named Russell Schroeder, to assault Voorhees in an effort to discourage the boy from testifying against him at the upcoming trial. Schroeder lured Voorhees to an isolated county park, sprayed mace supplied by Gacy in the youth's eyes, and beat the shit out of him. Oh my god. God. All while shouting that he was not to testify against Gacy at the upcoming trial. So guess what? Or he's went to the police and told them what had happened. And then they added that charge to the sodomy charges. Uh, So on September 12th, Gacy was ordered to undergo a psychiatric evaluation at the psychiatric hospital of the State University of Iowa. Two doctors examined Gacy over a period of 17 days before concluding he had antisocial personality disorder, a (laughs) disorder which incorporates constructs of sociopathy and psychopathy. And was unlikely to benefit from any therapy or medical treatment, and that his behavior pattern was likely to bring him in repeated conflict with society. In the end, Gacy pled guilty to sodomy and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. During his incarceration in the Anamosa State Penitentiary, Gacy rapidly acquired a reputation as a model prisoner. Within months of his arrival, he had risen to the position of head cook. He had also joined the inmate JC chapter and increased their membership figure from 50 to 650 in a few months. Oh my god. He is also known to have both secured an increase in the inmate's daily pay in the prison mess hall and to have supervised several projects to improve conditions for inmates in the prison. On one occasion, Gacy oversaw the installation of a miniature golf course in the prison's recreation yard. Pretty weird.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They let inmates have golf clubs? Seems Um, wrong. Yeah.
0: I don't know if it's a mini golf course or a mini golf course. You know what I mean? Like, is it just like a driving range or... They play mini golf, they got like ponds and windmills or... No, I'm kidding, it's not that. (laughs) (laughs) On Christmas Day 1969, with Gacy still in prison, his father died from cirrhosis of the liver. Gacy was not told that his father had died until two days after his death. When he heard the news, Gacy was said to have collapsed to the floor, sobbing uncontrollably, and had to be supported by prison staff. Gacy requested supervised compassionate leave from prison to attend his father's funeral in Chicago, but this request was denied after serving 18 months of his 10 year sentence. Gacy was paroled under the condition that he relocate back to Chicago and live with his mother. He arrived in Chicago, June 19, 1970 and found a job as a short order cook in February, 1971, eight months after being released from prison, Gacy was once again charged with sexually assaulting a teenage boy, but the charges were dropped when the boy didn't appear in court. Who knows why? Maybe he beat the shit out of him, too, like the other Mm kid. I don't know. Because the charges were dropped, the Iowa Parole Board never learned of the event, and eight months later, Gacy's parole ended. In 1971, with help from his mother, Gacy was able to purchase a house of his own at 8231 Summerdale Avenue,
1: the house he would
0: live in for the rest of his days as a free man. Later that year, Casey dated and became engaged to a divorcee named Carol Hoff, who had two young daughters. Everything was really great for him, and they all lived happily ever after. Amen. The end. What that was a great story. What a great turnaround that was, right, guys? <clears throat> yes. There's no more, right? He got all better. There's no more to that story. Prison That's fixed him, yeah.
1: And cool. then he's kay. still
0: alive. East KFC
1: every day. Doing great. Nice. Right, Krista. Okay, bye. Gacy's first known murder. No! <laughs> occurred on January 3rd, 1972. Um The victim's name was Timothy Jack McCoy, and I think he went by Jack. So, he was 15 years old, and Gacy first spotted him at a bus station. McCoy was on a trip from Michigan to Nebraska, but that night the layover for Omaha left him stranded in Chicago until the next day. Gacy approached him and convinced McCoy to let him give him a tour of Chicago. Hmm. At the end of the sightseeing... Gacy offered to let McCoy stay at his house overnight, and he'd take him back to the bus station in the morning. McCoy would not make it back to the bus station Why not? the next morning. Why not? What happened? Is he okay? Well, according to Gacy's confession... I'm scared. He woke up the next morning to find uh, McCoy standing in the bedroom with a knife in his hand. Gacy immediately went into attack mode and wrestled the knife away from McCoy, then stabbed him repeatedly with it. Once the boy was dead, Gacy went into the kitchen to find that McCoy had only been cooking him breakfast. There was oh, eggs wow. cooking on the stove, and like a brick of bacon, like uncut bacon. Uh-huh. So, um, although this may have uh, been an accident and unlocked something sinister within Gacy, he later told investigators that the murder had caused him to involuntarily ejaculate. <laughs> Just like me. Just like me. <laughs> and he realized that murder was the last component of Gacy's sexuality that he had been searching for. Oh. In oh, Gacy's... That,
0: this is what it's been all along?
1: <laughs> when you know, oh. you know. Psh. Cool. All right. I'll just keep doing this then. In Gacy's words, death is the ultimate thrill. Can't wait. He then hid the body in the crawl space under his home and covered the body with a layer of concrete.
0: No crawl spaces allowed. Stop making those.
1: I think my house has one. Yeah? Yeah.
0: My old house had a crawl space. It was pretty spooky. Mm.
1: Yikes. You ever get animals in there? Anything I cute? Think so no. I don't mm. well I mean Plosums? like yeah. Animals are cute. All animals are cute. I saw but- a big
0: possum awesome yesterday. <gasps> so it's was was all lucky. Hobbling, <laughs> hobbling across the street. I had to stop and wait for it and I'm like <laughs> You're real cute, dude, but, like, let's hurry it up. I'm trying to get home.
1: (laughs) Anyways. so Back to the murder. After his first murder, Gacy had a cooling-off period of about a year. During this time, he married Carol Hoff in June of 1972. Oh, Carol. Congratulations. (laughs) Sweet, sweet Carol. She was a divorced mother of two and was charmed by his generosity and outgoing personality.
0: He was a charmer. Yeah. That's
1: why he did so well at everything he did. Mm-hmm. So even though she knew about his previous conviction and jail time for sodomizing that teenage boy, mm-hmm. uh, she still married him believing that he had changed but little did she know he had committed his first murder six months prior. Still, everything seemed fine according to Carol except for the terrible smell inside of his home that would not go away. <laughs> oh no. Casey first blamed the Smell on moisture buildup and then later on mice. I don't uh, think that's a stanky.
0: thing. That's stanky. Could you imagine what a dead fucking body smells like? Have you ever smelled yeah.
1: like a dead thing?
0: It, I've stinks. A dead body. It, stinks. it smells like
1: trash. It smells yeah, like a crazy can. bad
0: There was a dead rat in our wall in my old house in Apple Valley once. Mm-hmm. And and it smelled so fucking bad. And we couldn't do anything. We just had to wait for the smell to go away. Because we couldn't, like, get to get it. Because it, it was yeah. in the wall. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's nasty. nasty. It was nasty. How Ellen do you know it was, was a asleep? rat? Because that we had rat problems. How do you know? I mean, I don't know. I'm just guessing.
1: Owen was a naughty child.
0: Stop! <laughs> Did your stepfather tell you it was mice and oyster moisture up? No, no, no it was owen owen told me that <laughs> uh-oh. uh-oh the bad kid the bad son owen are you a killer
1: <laughs> my own brother <laughs> could be anyone so in january of 1974 he committed his second murder of an unidentified young man gacy strangled him and left him in his closet for a short time and i think he did that with a few of his victims like he would leave it for like 24 hours either what? like under the bed what or like in the closet how do he you just do that when you don't live alone well we'll get to that okay so um did she know what's the going first time, on carol no she had no idea how Scott, do you not she married fucking... a stinky man how yeah do you
0: not know like how do you i don't
1: know he was like a overweight kentucky fried chicken dude like i'm sure she was like he just has like a smell you know like i don't know <laughs> um so after he left him in the closet for a little while but during that time the fluids started draining from the face and like the like holes in the face of the victim uh, and it stained face. like nose eyes ears like oh. the fluids just started so coming the regular out. holes not yeah. extra ones <laughs> Um, And it stained the carpet in his closet. Oh, boy. So he started to use rags or underwear in the mouths of the victims so that that wouldn't happen again. Panty boy. Yeah.
0: Panty boy, just like me.
1: So after- Can this
0: episode be called Panty Boy? Just
1: like me. Just like me. Shortly after this murder, he started a contracting business that he called PDM Contractors, which stood for Painting, Decorating, and Maintenance. Um, and then he started to use the contracting business to lure young boys in search of work. Boys so. love contracting businesses. Mm-hmm. They also love decorating. And, and maintenance. maintenance. And <laughs> maintenance. <laughs> and maintenance. <laughs> so this is when his relationship starts to go downhill with Carol. Carol! So Get he out was, of there, Carol, run! He was having a harder time hiding his sexuality from his wife like oh she caught him he would she leave knew. I think he wanted to tell her like he was just like trying to be open about it uh-huh. um he would leave like porno magazines around the house for her to find um and they would be like gay porn uh-huh. like just men and young boys uh-huh. or like young men and when she would question him about it he would like just admit be like yeah they're mine like he would just tell her and she probably felt weird about it never really said anything yeah yeah and then he also, like, didn't let her go into the garage. Like, he always had it locked and she wasn't allowed to go in or, like, have a key or anything. Ugh. But one day she did find a key and decided <gasps> to peek inside. <gasps> Carol! 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 <laughs> there wasn't, like, normal garage stuff in there, as you may have, might have guessed. What was it? Um, there was, like, a mattress on the floor. He had, like, red mood lighting, uh, like, set up. Uh, and there was, like, mirrors on the ceiling and, I think, on the walls so yeah uh, just like me no <laughs> it also had like a really strong odor like the ones that she was smelling inside but it was stronger oh, do you think okay. that
0: she thought oh this is
1: what gay smells like <laughs> that explains it <laughs> maybe gay. it was the 70s i don't know if they knew a lot he's about just that. a stinky gay <laughs> <laughs> that, that should be the name of the episode <laughs> that must be it
0: just a stinky gay so
1: in 1975 he just straight up told his wife like guess what we're not having sex anymore because i'm bisexual and i like men better so we're straight up not doing it like don't expect it it's not happening what i read is that it was mother's
0: day and they had just had sex and then he was like this is the last time (laughs) oh no happy mother's day happy
1: mother's day that was your gift? Not again.
0: Yeah. No more.
1: And after that, he started to just, like, lay around the house naked and, like, openly <laughs> masturbate to, like, those porno magazines. Oh my god! And just, like, leave, like, piles of jizz everywhere. Like, ew! All the house. Ew! That's fucking <laughs> and she gross. And would, she would find, like, stained men's silky underwear, like, around the house, <sighs> like... covered in semen. John. And John. <laughs> while they were out in public, he would, like, talk about, like, he would point out dudes that he thought was attractive and just, like, talk about them. Like, oh, yeah, that guy's hot. Like, just out in public. I would have been out of there so quick. That's so They mean. did divorce in 1975, but... They were married for four years. Three years. Three years. <sighs> they divorced in 1975 over an argument about the checkbook. <laughs> oh. Wasn't even about mm, the gay stuff. Oh, my God. Or the smell. Or the sex garage, or the jizz piles, or the kernel,
0: (laughs) The chicken. The chicken. The chicken piles everywhere, just bones and jizz. Ew! I mean, yeah. sex garage is just full of chicken bones and Old chicken does smell really bad. Like, if you cook chicken and you put it in your, like, trash can, it smells really bad. Like, you have to take that out, like, the night that you put it in the trash. Yeah. That's what his
1: garage was full of. Plus, dead smell, old chicken So this was around the time when Gacy started began or started to seriously begin plotting and formulating for his next murder. Typically, he would find his victims at bus stations. He was careful to choose victims that wouldn't be missed or have their or, or would have their disappearance easily dismissed as like a runaway or something. He would then employ them at his company, often spending long hours at a time alone with them. In May of 1975, he hired 15-year-old Anthony Antonucci. A few months into Antonucci's employment, he gave him a bunch of alcohol and then attacked him. Once on the ground, Gacy tried to put Antonucci in handcuffs, but Antonucci was on the wrestling team at school, so he was able to wrestle the handcuffs away from him and put them on Gacy. So he, like, flipped him around. Oh, shit. And then after that... Gacy promised not to bother him again <laughs> and Antonucci continued to work for Gacy for like a year after that. Wow. So
0: that I was scared like, him.
1: Yeah but handcuffs did become part of Gacy's like whole MO. He um I'm sure you've heard of like the famous handcuff trick mm-hmm. that he would do. I haven't. So basically... He would use handcuffs sometimes in his pogo, the clown routine, like, because he used to perform as a clown at children's birthday parties. Mm -hmm. And, um, so he had these handcuffs for his clown routine, but he would also use them to, like, trick his victims. Uh So he would, um, ask his victims if they wanted to see a trick, Mm -hmm. and the trick required putting the handcuffs on them. Mm -hmm. And so they, he would put the handcuffs on them, and then when they would be like, okay, so what's the trick? He would say, the trick is that you can't get out without a key. And he would attack them after that. Like, he would start to assault them. Wow. And then... Ew. Yeah. After... Scary. That's not a trick. Learn a real trick. I yeah. know, that's not a trick. Fucking So he So, he had another clown. trick, too. So, after, he would handcuff them, and then he would, like, sexually assault them and torture them for, like, a few hours or whatever. And then he had what he called the rope trick. And the rope trick was when he would basically just take a rope and strangle them to death with it. That's not a That's trick. That's not a trick. <laughs> so like a class or something. I know. Apparently he was like really popular at birthday parties, which is like creepy to think about. Like, I don't like that one bit. I think it's Gacy's fault that people don't like clowns. But I mean, probably over the next that makes three sense. years. Yeah. He would sexually assault and murder a total of thirty-three young boys. And sometimes he would commit two murders in one night and he would refer to that as doing a double. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. The fact and, that it has a
0: name, like yeah, a double decker. Like,
1: a, like from KFC. Kind of, because when he would do those do doubles, he would bury the victims in the same grave, like one on top of each other. Ooh. So they're together forever. Yep. And he buried most of his victims, obviously, under the floorboards of his home, um, making sure to bury the doubles on top of each other. And his final victim, who was murdered in December of 1978, was Robert Peist. And Robert Peist worked at a local pharmacy where his mother would drop him off and pick him up from his shifts. Gacy approached Peist with a job offer, and he accepted it. So... Gacy was like, I need you to fill out some paperwork, so we have to go back to my house. Mm -hmm. So he went home with him, and once they got there, Gacy offered him a beer and showed him the handcuff trick, Mm -hmm. and Price never came home to celebrate his mom's birthday that night, so she got really, like, worried and alerted the police. Mm -hmm. And that's where my portion of the story ends. Okay.
0: Well, that is where my story starts. Well, I was gonna actually start it in the '60s for the sodomy arrests, mm-hmm. but I'll skip that part since you already covered it. Okay. Um. Cause like it made more sense for you to do it anyways. I don't know why I even. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Cause it was it was hard for me to like kind of do the research because I didn't want to, like, spoil it for myself to, like, read into your guys' parts. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, so I'm going to do the next part of the story. Ooh, okay. After being informed that the police had found human remains in his crawl space and that he would now face murder charges, Gacy told officers he wanted to clear the air adding that he knew his arrest was inevitable since he had spent the previous evening on the couch in his lawyer's office. In the early hours of December 22, uh, 1978, Gacy confessed to police that since 1972, he had committed approximately 25 to 30 murders, all of whom he falsely, he falsely claimed were... Of teenage male runaways or male sex workers whom he would typically abduct from Chicago's Greyhound bus station from Bug House Square or simply off the streets. The victims would often be grabbed by force or conned into believing Gacy often carrying a sheriff's badge and placing spotlights on his black uh on his black car was a policeman. Um, others would be lured to his house in either, either the promise of a job um, with the construction company, obviously, um, or with an offer of money for sex. Um,
1: we already went through all of that. Sorry. Oh, I, I think I should have mentioned that... Um, the reason that Peist's mother knew was because he had told his friend who he was going to be with and his friend was like, oh yeah, the last person he he was with that he said he was going to go to his house was okay. Gacy. So that's how they knew that that was the last person he was with.
0: <clears throat> okay. That's smart. Always let someone know where you are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, his-, his arrest was kind of funny. Well, not funny, but uh when the police started to suspect him they uh-huh. they went to his house and they did a search and they didn't find anything they they looked in his crawl space and they were like oh there's a lot of lime down here and then didn't did go any further like dig or anything mhm and then they became more sure that he was murdering these kids mm-hmm. and then they had to get another warrant but before they could they followed him around everywhere and he was like a real asshole about it like he knew that they were following him like they would he would go out to eat and like pick up the check of the detectives that were tailing him and Ew. like he would drive around all night just so they had to follow him because he knew Ooh. and then eventually they got a warrant and they found the
1: bodies wasn't the way that they got the warrant was like they were in his house, like talking oh, to him, yeah. and one of the detectives was a homicide investigator, mm-hmm. and he was in the bathroom and smelled the body, and it's yep. like, "That is a dead body." Yeah, asked actually- how they. He invited the detectives in for a fish dinner,
0: and then Ew. the detective went to the bathroom, and the heater kicked on, and the air Ew. that blew out was like corpse air,
1: nasty, yeah, poison, and that's how they got the warrant. All right, so
0: this is the trial portion of the story. So Gacy was brought to trial on February 6th 1980, charged with 33 murders. He was tried in Cook County, Illinois, before Judge Louis Garippo. The jury was uh, selected from Rockford because of significant press coverage in Cook County. Um, At the request of his defense counsel, Gacy spent over 300 hours in the year before his trial with the doctors at um, Menard Correctional Center, he underwent a variety of psycho- psyche- psychological tests Hello, <laughs> before a panel of psychiatrics to determine whether he was mentally um, competent to stand trial. Gacy had attempted to convince the doctors that he suffered from multiple personality disorder. <laughs> Uh, his lawyers <laughs> opted to have Gacy plead not guilty by reason of insanity to the charges against him and proceeded several psychiatric experts who had examined Gacy the previous year to testify to their findings. Three psychiatric experts um, appearing for the defense at Gacy's trial testified they found Gacy to be a paranoid schizophrenic with multiple personality disorder. The prosecutors presented a case that um, indicated Gacy was sane and fully in control of his actions. To support um, this contention, they produced several witnesses to testify um, to the... Uh, sorry, I got lost for a second. Uh, Gacy's actions and efforts. He went to, in order to escape um, detection. Those doctors refu- uh, God, sorry. Those- uh, I can't read. Lindsay can't read. She's not allowed to do this anymore, guys. <laughs> Those doctors refuted the defense. Uh, doctors' claims- of multiple personality and insanity, two witnesses who testified were PDM employees who confessed Gacy had made them dig trenches in his crawl space. Ooh. One of these employees, David Cram, testified that in August uh, nineteen seventy seven, Gacy had marked a location in the crawl space with sticks and told him to dig. A drainage trench which was obviously not for drainage as we all know um, immediately after cram had completed his testimony michael rossi himself tested for the state when asked where he had dug in the crawl space rossi turned to a diagram of gracie's home on display in the courtroom this diagram showed where the bodies were found in the crawl space and elsewhere on the property Rossi pointed to the location of the remains of the unident- unidentified victim known as Body 13. Rossi stated he had n- ha- he had not dug any other trenches, but at Gacy's request, had supervised other PDM employees dig- tra- digging trenches, it- also in the crawl space. Both Rossi and Cram also testified that Gacy would periodically look into the crawl space to ensure they had. They and other employees ordered to dig trenches in the crawl space did not, uh, uh, um, did not, uh, sorry, did not debate from the precise locations he had marked. Slimy. There's a cat in here going crazy. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. Gacy had testified after his arrest that he had only dug five of the victim's graves in in his crawl space and had his employees only in, dug 5 only only 5 only 5 and had his employees dig the remaining trenches so that he would um have have gr- quotes have graves available yeah just <laughs> you never know you never know you got to have some available ready for bodies graves to be put in available on February 18th Dr. Robert Stein the Cook County Medical Examiner, appointed to supervise the exhumation of the victims' bodies from Gacy's home, testified as to how he and his colleagues had conducted the recovery of the remains. Stein testified that the act, the, um, uh, that, uh, da, 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 was conducted, sorry, I wrote, there's so much in here just gonna go down i'm just gonna go down to the closing arguments how about that i feel like we're going really long on this (laughs) on march 11th final arguments from both prosecution and defense attorneys began with the arguments concluding on the following day prosecuting attorney terry sullivan argued first outlining gacy's history of abusing youths the testimony of his efforts to avoid uh uh, detection and describing Gacy's surviving victims for he's and Donnelly as quote, living dead. Spooky. Fuck. Uh, referring to Gacy as the quote, worst of all murderers. Sullivan stated, John Gacy has many accounted for more. Wait, sorry. John Gacy has accounted for more human devastation than many earthly catastrophes. Uh, but one must tremble i tremble when thinking about just how cl- how close he came to getting away with it all after the state's four hour closing uh counsel sam uh, uh amarit amarit amarant sure. amarant sure why does everyone have to have fucking crazy ass last names um argued for the defense amarant argued uh argued against the testimony delivered by doctors who had testified for the prosecution repeatedly harking towards the testimony of the force, a psychiatrists, and psycholog- psychologist who had testified on behalf of the defense. Emery also accused Sullivan of scarcely referring to the evidence presented throughout the trial in his own closing argument and of arousing hatred against his client. How can you not hate him, though? After yeah. knowing everything you've done, after knowing everything he's done, the defense lawyer um, attempted to portray Gacy as a quote, man driven by com- conclusions he would, pretty much stuff he was unable to control. So going for the, you know, mentally ill case. In support of these arguments, the defense counsel repeatedly referred to the testimony of the doctors who had. Appeared for the defense in addition to the testimony of defense witnesses such as Jeffrey Ringnall and the former business associate of Gacy's named um, Mickle Reed, both of whom had testified to their belief that Gacy had been unable to control his actions. Weren't, weren't, weren't. Poor baby. Yeah. Amarant, Amer- uh, when urged, the jur- when urged the jury to put aside any prejudice they had against his client and requested they deliver a verdict of not guilty by reason of insanity, adding that the psychology of Gacy's behavior would be of benefit to scientific research for science. And <laughs> and that every the shirt, psychology five hundred dollars. Yeah. And that the psychology of his mind should be studied. Ain't nothing gonna come out of that study. Uh-uh. Just full of chicken bones. Mm-hmm. Um, the jury... Here, I'm gonna go ahead. The jury deliberated for less than two hours and, fa- and found Gacy guilty of the 33 charges of murder for which he had been brought to trial he was also found guilty of sexual assault and taking indecent liberties with a child both convictions in reference to Robert P- Peist Robert Peist mm-hmm. um, the following day both the prosecution and defense made alternative pleas for the sentence for the sentence the jury should decide the prosecution requesting a death sentence for each murder committed, wow, a death sentence for each murder committed after the Illinois uh, Statue on capital punishment came into effect in June 1977, just in time. Uh, the defense <laughs> um, requesting life imprisonment. The jury deliberated for more than two hours before they returned with their decision In the sentencing phase of the trial, Gacy was sentenced to death for 12 accounts of murder upon which the prosecution had sought this penalty. An initial date of execution was sent for June 2nd, 1980. So, yeah, he's gonna die. So, he's in jail? He is in jail, and he's also gonna die. Okay, so this is him on death row. Let's get into this. Um, Upon being sentenced, Gacy was transferred uh, to a correctional center in Chester, Illinois. Um, I feel like Illinois is just a spooky place. I think so
1: yeah i feel yeah. like
0: it's just got spooky vibes all over it's like it's got chicago yeah but then you go south there and it's just like farms and stuff but yeah i feel like it's spooky there probably let us know if yeah. you're from illinois okay um where he remained he remained there incarcerated on on death row for 14 years isolated in his prison cell gacy began to paint <laughs> what what a tortured oh. soul what an artist! The subjects Gacy painted varied, although many were of clowns. Some of which depicted himself as Pogo the clown, which we know. Many of his paintings have been displayed at uh, different galleries and and uh, museums and stuff. Um, others have been sold at various auctions, with individual prices ranging between two hundred dollars and twenty thousand dollars. Um, although Gacy was permitted to earn money from the sale of his paintings until 1985, he claimed his artwork was, um, intended to, quote, bring joy into people's lives. What a nice guy. Yeah, what a great, what a great guy. Nice and cool. Nice and, (laughs) nice and cool, just like his father. Just like me. Just like me. On February 15th, 1983, Gacy was stabbed in the arm by Henry Bryson, a fellow death row inmate known as the I-57 killer. Ooh, another murderer? Murderers going at it. In jail. Wow. I mean, you put a bunch of murderers together, they're gonna want to do a murder. I mean, yeah. At the time of the attack, Gacy had been out of his cell participating in a um, volunteer work, um, when Bryson ran towards Gacy and stabbed him once in the upper arm with a sharpened wire. A second death row inmate injured the, uh, injured in the attack. William Jones received a superficial, um, stab wound in the head. Ooh. Oh, shit. With a wire? I guess. Ah. <laughs> Uh, both received treatment in the prison hospital for their wounds. Spook get a bunch of killers together, and they're gonna kill. You know what I mean? Um. Okay, so on the morning of May 9th, nineteen ninety four, Gacy was transferred um, from the uh, correctional center um, to from his from the correctional center that he was at to pretty much just a different one in a place called Crest Hill Mm -hmm. to be executed. That afternoon, he was allowed a private picnic on the prison grounds with his family. God, scary. For his last meal, Gacy ordered a bucket of Kentucky fried chicken. Hell yeah. A dozen fried shrimp, French fries, fresh strawberries, and a diet Coke. What? Yep. Yep. That evening, he observed prayer with a Catholic priest before being escorted to the Stateville Execution Chamber to receive the lethal injection. Before the execution began, the chemicals used to perform the execution unexpectedly solidified, clogging the IV tube, administering the chemicals into Gacy's arm, and complacing the execution... Uh, or and complicating the execution procedure. Um, she's pooping. Oh, I thought that I was <laughs> coming from outside, and it really scared me. Um, it's my, my a, cat is pooping. Yeah, you go, you go. You, it's okay, slimy. Everyone's <laughs> listening to you poop. Um, okay in the that's like my looking around uh, music according to published reports gacy was a diag was a diagnosed uh psychopath who did not express any remorse for his crimes his final statement to his Lord... <laughs> slimy is just pooping it's really funny i knew She's this was fine. gonna happen that's why she had to come in. Yeah, she gotta go poo poo. She gotta go poo. Should we wait? Oh, she's done. Okay, cool. <laughs> Good for you, slimy. Good one. High five. Okay. His final statement to his lawyer before his execution was that killing him would not. Um, uh, oh, would kill would be a loss for killing him would be a loss for others and that the state was murdering him his final spoken words were kiss my ass honestly same <laughs> honestly gacy get it in the hours leading up to gacy's execution a crowd estimated to uh, to number over uh one thousand. wow gathered outside the correctional center to await the execution imagining being there wow crazy uh the majority of whom were vocally in favor of the execution although a number of anti-death penalty um protesters were also present some of those in favor of the execution were t-shirts i want one of those <laughs>
1: cool what do they say um, some of them had t-shirts and some of them were naked or what? No tears, <laughs> like made t-shirts that said no
0: tears for the clown. That's pretty sick burn. burn. Yeah, sick, <laughs> sick burn. After Gacy's death was confirmed at 1258 a.m. on May 10th, 1994, his brain was removed. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is in... The possession of Helen Morrison, a witness for the defense at Gacy's trial, who was interviewed who has interviewed Gacy and other serial killers in an attempt to isolate common personality traits of violent psychopaths. His body was cremated after the execution. In the months following Gacy's execution, many of his paintings were auctioned. Some uh, some were bought so that he, so that they could be destroyed. Um, in June 1994, uh, oh, they had a big bonfire to uh, dis- destroy some of his paintings in uh, Naperville, Illinois. And attended uh, by approximately 300 people, including family members yeah. of the, <laughs> including family, oh, including family members of the victims. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, so yeah, so now he's dead. there has been a bunch of movies Mm. about, um, him. And books, obviously. I haven't watched, uh, any movies about him, though. Me neither. I wonder if any of them are good. And there's, like, a lot of made-for-TV movie stuff. Um... I'd, be that good yeah we can't name one i know i know i was gonna like do like stuff on pop culture but there's like i feel like he he really did like encapsulate like people being afraid of clowns though i feel like that's where that's that is started. where that came <laughs> from. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and if you've never seen his paintings they're uh
1: pretty spooky pretty spooky. i'm gonna be real with you all i really want one yeah i know <laughs> it would be cool I was going to buy one, but someone bought it before me.
0: They're not bad. He wasn't bad. Maybe he should have just been a painter.
1: Yeah, yep. maybe he should have just done that instead. If anyone is interested in murderabilia, there's a website called Serial Killer Inc., but, like, I-N-K, that has a bunch of different, like, um, like letters from prison, artwork, pictures, like, original, like, Polaroid photos and stuff for sale of, like, a bunch of different serial killers. hmm So
0: I mean Uh. (laughs) I don't think I want it's interesting
1: to look and see like what I don't know, like different art from different serial killers. But you know what? I don't want the art I want his brain. Yeah, I want want the brain brain in a jar.
0: Yeah, let's get that brain. Get our hands. Sorry my side of the story was kind of a mess, guys. (laughs) I uh I uh had a little I didn't really know where to start, but this is a new format, so we don't really usually just do one story, so I just got to get used to it. And we probably won't again. Really? For at least a while. Yeah. You think it's just going to be a special thing? Well, it's our special episode. Is it? Yeah. It's the fifth one. Oh, is it twenty five? 25, yeah. Oh, nice. Cool. Happy 25th episode, guys. Thank yeah. you.
1: <laughs> to kind of wrap this up, can I tell like a little side story? Yeah. Like about, it's kind of like spooky and yeah. supernatural. Yeah, yeah, about yeah, John yeah, Wangechi. yeah, yeah. Do it. Um. So I found this story on prairieghost.com while I was doing my research. I love prairieghost.com. Do you really? Uh, that's where <laughs> I got some of my info for, the, for my so part. So you might have actually read cool. this already. Um, So at a pre-Christmas party that was held on December 2nd of 1978, a well-known psychic known as Florence Branson had had been hired to provide tarot card readings for the guests. The party was held at the home of a contractor associate of Gacy's, and Gacy was one of the many in attendance. The evening was almost over when it came time for Gacy to have his fortune told. Up until this point, the party and the readings had been going well, and everyone was having a great time, including the psychic and then Gacy approached her for the reading, or for his reading. As soon as he spoke to her, Florence later reported that she sensed something was very wrong with the man. She also said that she became physically ill when she laid out his cards. She was unable to discern any details, but knew there was an evil hiding below the surface of this man. She bluffed her way through the reading, much too frightened to say anything to Gacy. At the end of the evening, she felt compelled to speak to the hostess about her horrific impressions of Gacy. She told her what she had sensed and added that she was afraid of him and that Gacy was perverted and violent. The hostess refused to hear such things, as John had been a family friend for several years. Florence didn't argue with her, but was not surprised several weeks later when Gacy made the papers. (gasps) Spooky. That's cool. (laughs) Ladies
0: know stuff. Mm. so that psychics know stuff yeah so, so yeah cool let's all be psychics you want to yeah. i kind of feel like when we're all like sitting on pillows on the floor around yeah. the table should, i have tarot like, cards somewhere so when do we to do break like, them out let's get a ouija board and i have a, Ooh, one of those too light some candles i've had get it real a over there i've That's, had it since i was probably 10
1: Tis the season.
0: They had a really cute one at Spirit Halloween. Was it pink? Was it the pink <laughs> one? Yeah, it was the pink one. It was so—it's like a girl. It Ouija board. was so cute. I was like, I want to like frame that in my house. It would be really cute just to like have on the wall I, as decoration. I want the girl one. Yeah, it's like a Barbie Ouija board. It's like a brave girl's Ouija board. It's yeah. like our aesthetic. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: pink Ouija board is our aesthetic. I think.
1: Yeah. Nice. Okay. I had a good time. That was a good
0: one. Yeah. That was John Wayne Gacy. It sure was. That was a heavy hitter. Did I ever tell you about the time that I was at a pumpkin carving party? Everybody was carving pumpkins. And uh, my sister's friend, Ben, brought a sheet, a white sheet, and a bunch of spray paints. And he was going, he painted this big thing out for to, like, decorate his house for Halloween, Mm -hmm. he painted the Pogo the Clown, Mm -hmm. and he wrote uh, JWG Lurks, and as he was shaking up the red paint, and he popped off the cap, uh, it popped the little squirty thing off, and it squirted red spray paint across the eyes (gasps) of, no, not, not the clown, of... My sister's friend's little girl, like a four-year-old girl, <gasps> who oh was like Is watch- she blind now. No, but we had to like. W- she just had like red paint across her eyeballs, and we had to like wash it out with the hose, and it was really scary. That's oh really God. scary. Yikes! That's really fucking scary. The
1: ghost of Gacy. It was. It was like some bad juju. I actually heard that he was really, really good with girls like little girls well yeah he loved his sisters and his second wife carol had two daughters and mm-hmm. he like loved them and was super good with them he but... just
0: loved those little dongles yeah yeah they didn't have the dongle the dongle drove him crazy yeah yeah you do anything for the dongle <laughs> just like me just like me <laughs> On that note, okay, guys. <laughs> I want to plug our stuff. <laughs> All right. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Brave Girls Pod. We are Brave Girls Podcast on uh, Instagram. If you want to give to our Patreon, we are Brave Girls Club Podcast, I think, or Brave Girls Podcast on there. Uh, like us on Facebook. That's probably the easiest way to get access to our episodes. Uh, we post the links every time <coughs> we record. Excuse me. Sorry uh we're on mixcloud, soundcloud, itunes and the google play store so you can stream us on whatever. I don't know, Nathaniel tried to like tell me how podcasts work on android phones and I don't really get it, but if you're listening on an android phone, you understand it and that's what matters. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, anything else? No, I no, think that's I it. I think that was it. If for our next um fifth episode, mm-hmm. if Anyone has any recommendations? We do another big story or themed something. Yeah, usually we do
1: a theme. We could do another big
0: Mm -hmm. episode, like a collaborative one. Mm -hmm. And I will be better at it next time. Mm -hmm. You did fine. Thank you. you We just didn't. uh, We didn't. We should have given you like a year to start with. Yeah, a year to a year to do the research. Mm -hmm. Really. (laughs) 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 Because I'm busy. I meant a year to start your research. No, I know. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. I, <laughs> I know what you research. meant. I was making a joke. Okay. Okay. That's it. Okay. Yep. And stay brave. Happy October. Yeah. Happy. Spooky ween. Spooky, spooky. <laughs> mm, bye. bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>